This is Jimmy Dore, uh, one of the giants in podcasting, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, close personal friend of the show, Lights. You many people have very dark things, and that's what fascinates everyone about where the world would end up. And, and so a lot of the video games I love, a lot of the comics I read are all set in apocalyptic times. All the movies I enjoy, they're all kind of that. And it's kind of, I, I don't know if it's the, dark, it's the dark side of me for sure. Lights was in town this past week. Unfortunately, we did not get a chance to see her. We explained that in the interview. And we only get her for like 12 minutes. Uh, I did not, uh, I was not able to secure a print piece for her tour uh, in any of the publications that I write for. But she was still kind enough to come on the podcast because, again, she's a, a close personal friend of the show. So we had a great chat, only for 12 minutes, but hey, we'll take it. Talked about her new comic book, talked about the new album. Uh, it was awesome. Again, my disclaimer, as always, I like Lights uh, not because she is pretty, but because she tickles an early synth and she is Canadian. All right, speaking of uh, Canadians, uh, that is the subject of our dumb bit coming up here on the other side of this. The song of the week is going to be Lights' favorite song from her album, so stay tuned for that. And, uh, well, let's get to that dumb bit then. Our guest on this week's show, of course, is Lights. She is from Canada, and if you listen to the show with any regularity, you know what a huge canophile I am, and an anglophile as well, but a canophile and anglophile. And uh, always love me some Canadian comedy, and there's a show up in Canada called This Hour Has 22 Minutes, and it's uh, it's pretty hilarioso. But uh, they, they had a little weird bit on it uh, the other day. They just posted it on their Facebook page. I think this is from actually uh, a week or two ago when uh, Justin Trudeau was speaking at the University of Ottawa, and he had a special guest. And, well, Mark Critch from This Hour Has 22 Minutes had a mostly funny commentary about it. Uh, here's the start of it. Canada has some great scientists, and in particular, some really great female scientists. For instance, our Governor General, former astronaut Julie Payette, and our Minister of Science, Kirsty Duncan, who served on a Nobel Prize-winning panel on climate change. With so many experts at his fingertips, who did the Prime Minister get to help sell the $1.3 billion in his new budget for science and encouraging more female scientists? Pretend scientist Bill Nye the Science Guy. <laughs> the PM sat down with the children's TV host for a panel last week. Here's the only problem. Bill Nye, actual scientist. I looked this up. Uh, he's a mechanical engineer, yes. But if you look up what a scientist is, as someone who uses science in their day-to-day -day job, and mechanical engineers do. And I know they always have this funny debate on Big Bang Theory because Howard is a, a mechanical engineer, but he's still a scientist. They consider him a scientist. I know it's a sitcom, but he's a scientist. I, I don't know what else to tell you. And I think because Bill Nye went into the entertainment business, it, they, it kind of sullies his reputation. But see, Bill Nye isn't claiming to be a, a climate scientist per se, but he is someone who's advocating. He's in the public eye, and he's advocating for people to listen to scientists. And that's the key distinction. Now, Mr. Critch is absolutely right. The first two ladies at the beginning of the sketch, at the beginning of his commentary, would have been way better choices to speak at that thing. Absolutely. No question. Uh, but Bill Nye, actual scientist. Uh, now, the, the bit does get kind of funny. There, there's this part. Bill Nye was eager to help teach us backwards Canadians. Uh, the so-called uh, home run mentality. That's a baseball reference, if you don't mind. It's not, it's not hockey. Uh, it's like hockey, but... Um... Dude, we know what baseball is. You're in Canada. You're not on the moon. And I don't think Nye's trying to be funny. I think he honestly doesn't realize that 
Canadian people know what baseball is because they like it almost as much as hockey. And then we get to the uncomfortable part, well, for Prime Minister Trudeau, when uh, Mr. Nye brings up the uh, tar sands up there in Alberta, uh, which gets a weird reaction, though, from, well, let you hear that part first. But I've been under, I've gotten uh, a lot of messages from my colleagues in the environmental community. And I've been to Fort McMurray, Alberta. (laughs) Tell us about the Kinder Morgan pipeline. (laughs) And then Mr. Critch has kind of a, a weird response to that. Yes, Bill Nye really put the prime minister on the spot over the oil sands, but he did it the same week that his president, Donald Trump, signed a resolution making it legal to dump waste into waterways. <laughs> See, I don't think Nye is down with that either, though. So I don't think that's the problem. It's not like Nye's advocating for dumping waste into streams either. He's come out against that, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, but it must be tough, you know, up there right now because you've got an articulate, uh, handsome, charismatic leader who does, you know, some funny things, you know, and it, like any, like any of us do, like any leader, like anyone in the public eye does, and but who believes in science and who you know believes in the environment and is kind of trying to balance business interest against that because he's not, you know, hasn't completely scuttled the tar sands. But you know, a, a guy who's is a, a pretty good leader, a pretty adept and pretty smart, and well, we have this. So Obama's talking about all of this with the global warming and that, and a lot of it's a hoax. It's a hoax. I mean, it's a money-making industry, okay? It's a hoax. If you consider yourself to be an old soul trapped in a modern world, you can relive days gone by in classic imprints from our vast collection at OldSchoolShirts.com. We have vintage tees from all the great American cities like Atlanta, Baltimore, Brooklyn, Chicago, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and more. We've got defunct sports teams, old restaurants, old stores you used to shop at when you were a kid. Just go to OldSchoolShirts.com. It is all one word. Pick up yourself a great and stylish-looking vintage t-shirt, and it really helps the show as well. So as soon as you're done listening, head there. Lights is a Canadian singer and songwriter from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. She's been on the show many times. Uh, Like I said, she's a close personal friend of the show. Can't stress that enough. Here now is our interview with Lights. Hello, my dear. What's up? Hey, how's it going? How are you? Good. How, I know, right? Well, uh, it was good seeing you at the uh, the Bosom Ball here in Cincinnati. Um, I know, I, was, I know. Uh, that was that was actually really special. That the feeling of that show. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a nice cause that uh, they do, and they always bring in some really cool acts for that. Even uh, even the being a chart station, uh, you would expect them to bring in uh, you know some I guess more commercial acts you would say but they always doing a very nice job of bringing in uh, stuff that's uh cool yeah. yet accessible yeah and they seem to take a liking to you yeah yeah and that, that building was very haunted it was bizarre but i loved it um you you played there before i think yeah when you came with adam uh in 09 when he was touring ocean eyes and you were touring Wait, the listening was that there yeah was that there yeah yeah crazy i know because there's a, we have oh, a picture i totally forgot that was 2010 Yes, that was a. We have a picture of you, uh, Hannah, Lizzie, and Hannah's best friend at the time, out by the merch table. Wow! And uh, yeah, that is funny. I had no idea it was there, so I felt like I was there for the first time. Isn't that weird? Uh, yeah, weird. Well, yeah. I guess it was eight years ago. So. You're in so many. <laughs> you're in so many venues. Um, it's I, if I yeah, to keep track. Yeah. 
So, uh, so this the new album's been it was a pretty ambitious project, uh, and kind, was it kind of scary in a way, or did you kind of think, well, you know, you've because you've been doing uh, you know graphic art for years and years, or just was it time to bring the two yeah. together? You know, it it was it was like a roller coaster of fear <laughs> and like total confidence. It was like a roller coaster of fear and confidence. So it would come in like dips and, and rises. Uh, when I first had the idea for the project, I, I was like sold on it. This could be amazing, but I, I don't know how to do it. But I'm going to do it. I'm not going to tell anyone until I know we have songs that everyone's excited about, so that they don't um, think I'm putting more emphasis on one thing than the other. And when we had a few songs. And I had been brewing, you know, art ideas and character ideas and storyline, you know, sort of finalizing all of that. That was all brewing in the background. And then we had some songs that everyone was excited about. And that's when I presented the idea. And everyone loved it. But that's when it became real. <laughs> Until then, it was just sort of this thing in my head. And it's sort of secret of mine. And suddenly, I was like, okay, let's do this. Come on, keep going. Let's do it. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. Um, now I'm scared. <laughs> and I don't have to do it all. I have to figure it all out because it became legit. So it would come in, in waves like that. Um, and then I would, you know, flesh out a part of the story that was really special and I would gain a wave of confidence and then I would get stumped on a part or I would move forward with the art and it wasn't looking right. And then I would collapse back into, oh no, am I going to be able to do this? And it was just a lot, a lot of that. Like, okay, you can do this. Gain the confidence back with, a bit more, a bit more research, a bit more watching tutorials and webinars and getting a grasp of how to do it, and then I would move forward with it. And it was a learning process, you know. There was nothing constant or stable about it. It was, it was just me trying my best to make this project as good as I, with my skill set that I have, could possibly have done. And now that it's all out, I am in complete awe of the fact that it worked out, and I'm. So damn proud of it, and it's. I look back at some of these pages and wonder where I was at when I created them. It was just this awesome experience of, of learning, and that you know, I'm. I've been doing this for ten years, and to be uh, approached with that feeling again of something new and something scary is really actually special. Yeah. So, was it tough balancing the music with the uh, the the visual side of it? That was actually honestly the easiest part. I think. Music to me is so visual, and when I it is when I'm taking in an emotion, say, or taking in a part of a story, there's always a visual that goes with it. There's always uh, a melodic undertone that is carried with it, and vice versa. When I'm listening to music, I'm picturing the emotion on someone's face, or I'm picturing the way that a room feels. You know, everything, music and emotion and visual is all tied in part of the same project and I've in fact learned in this process called part of that is called synesthesia in which you hear a sound and identify that with a color so some sounds have colors for me and it's always been that way so that so that was actually was quite really the one thing that held this whole project together was being able to switch between the two and make sure it all tied in so and one would you know if I was stumped on the storyline I would move back into the music and see where that would take the storyline and then if I was stumped on the music, I would go back into the story and see if that would spawn an idea for another song. And so it was an awesome symbiotic process that kept the actual project moving forward. But actually, the first element was the story, and that was what I took into songwriting sessions to create a soundtrack of sorts to the story. 
So if it hadn't been a visual aspect to it, do you think that sonically the album would have sounded the same? Because you know, you know, the listening inside Barry, you you know, it's always a distinctly different album. You never, you know, like I've said before, you never really make the same album twice, like not even yeah. close. They all sound really different. Uh, so we're sonically. Yeah, re- I, I take it as a compliment. <laughs> What's that? I'll take that as a compliment. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, because, you know, a lot of people, it's easy to, oh, well, you know, you can find a formula, and, you know, you kind of use the same instruments and the same arrangements and structures, and, you know, exactly. it works, it works. But, so would, but would if this sounded, you think, uh, the way it did, or did, did the uh, visual kind of influence and kind of the story of this post-apocalyptic world kind of influence the overall sound of the album? Oh, that totally influenced the sound of the album. I think it's, and like you were saying, you're so right and that it's so easy to make something samey because you're so used to it. You're used to the formula. You're used to the way you lay out music. Um, but with this story, take New Fears, for example. That's one of my favorite songs from the record. Um, that, that's the introduction of the second, third character in the story. It's basically three characters, and this is the introduction of the third, and she's this beautiful, dark friend that comes into the story. And there was always a visual palette that came with that part of the story, and I knew that the music needed to carry that tone as well. The New Fears has this dark, purpley, I mean, I, I can explain music in colors, but um, this sort of intense, passionate tone with an explosive, dynamic chorus, uh, totally drowning in, in love and, and care and fear. Um, and that, that's the whole dynamic of New Fears, and that was the dynamic of the chapter. I don't think that song would have been written the way it was without that visual uh, catalyst to create the setting for that song. Okay. And, you know, when I was growing up, of course, in the 70s and 80s, post-apocalyptic movies and books and everything were very popular, and then, of course, with the end of the Cold yeah. War, that kind of died off. So do you think that's coming around with your generation, and is it being inspired by something different, I guess, the concern over the environment, or what, because it seems to be kind of a, uh, a genre that's coming yeah. back. There's for sure a degree of that. I think people are more and more aware of the environment, and disaster movies have always sort of been popular, and I've always been fascinated by them, because... Uh, it's incredible to see the dynamic of humanity and where it would go. And I think that's what interests people about dystopian fiction is the social structures that evolve in a state of desperation because humanity is capable of horrible things if pressed. But in our current state, we're, we're, we're okay for now, so we're decent humans yeah. for the most part. But what would happen if we were pressed? Oh, anything could happen, really, like... You put somebody at risk, and they'll loot the store next beside you and, and kill your family. Like it's like, humanity is capable of very dark things if pressed, and that's what fascinates everyone about where the world would end up. And, and so, a lot of the video games I love, a lot of the comics I read, are all set in apocalyptic times. All the movies I enjoy, they're all kind of that. And it's kind of I, I don't know if it's, it's the dark it's the dark side of me for sure. Um, there's a degree of me that's fascinated with what would matter in an apocalyptic world. You know, being a lawyer wouldn't matter. Yeah, I always think that too. Like something useful. You know, I always think about that. Yeah, and I think about music. Where does music fall into a dystopian uh, landscape? Well, no one's paying for entertainment because they don't have, it's not on the top of the priority, but music is what I think would keep people alive. I think music would remind people of their humanity. So I do spend a lot of time thinking about these things, but ultimately I chose this setting for my comic because... 
a lot of the themes I was exploring were pretty extreme in terms of like their degree of hopelessness and her degree of what she would fall for and the, the, the sort of extreme class system that exists in the city um, wouldn't exist if it wasn't a dire circumstance, if this wasn't the last city on Earth. And if it was modern times, a lot of the things and the way the story plays out wouldn't wouldn't be possible. That sense of hopelessness wouldn't necessarily exist. And this whole infrastructure of the mark and how that plays out into the story wouldn't exist without them being in desperate times. So um, it, it was really the only way to make the extremity of these themes seem re- realistic, I guess. Yeah, it's ironic, too, because uh, electronic music was influenced a lot by uh, the movie A Clockwork Orange, both in the soundtrack by Wendy Carlos and by yeah, the dystopian view great, great of the future. Yeah, so I recommend to you a Synth Britannia. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's on YouTube. It was produced by BBC Two, I think. And it's got all the greats in there. Oh, Human I Link going... a bit of that. It was oh, like my... new so good. So, so start. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch that whole thing sometime on the tour bus if you have, have a notion. And a quick book recommendation I read in high school, Last Babylon, was written in the 60s by a guy Ooh, who wrote, okay. for, the, he wrote for the Jacksonville uh, uh, paper. And uh, he lived in central Florida, and it's about a nuclear war and the results uh, of the, on a small town in oh, Florida. Wow. Everybody survived. Yeah, yeah. And all things we're talking about, what skills would be useful... And you know how people would what people would do after that. Sure. Yeah. So, awesome. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite topics. So I, I could have sworn we talked about this before. I feel like in like another years ago, but <laughs> I think we talked about Cincinnati. Actually, I th- we did. But, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you were thinking of doing a Human League yeah. cover when you were touring with Arkells. Uh, oh, who by who yeah. we saw over the summer, by the way. You're, hey, you're... hey guys, I hate to interrupt, but we actually are out of time. Okay. Um. So. If you just wanted to record like a quick, quick wrap up, you know, question to wrap up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'll just we'll just wrap it up Sounds here. Uh, just wrap it up here, saying hopefully we're gonna make it to the show in uh, Cincinnati. My wife's back from a big trip the the night that you are here, and she was kind of bummed that we were all gonna be at a concert. So, uh, and maybe I'll oh, at least send... oh, well, do do what's best for the fans. Right. Sure. I'll I'll try to maybe send Hannah and her friend, and maybe we'll do a write up for the cool. Pop Culture Beast website right for. But I'll let you go because now you got a, a, a hard out here at three o'clock. So, um, good talking again, lights. So good talking to you, Thank you again. Right. And um, I can't wait to see you guys if I get to. Yeah, awesome. Us too. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Lights for being on the show and for her people helping us set that up. I know they were uh, a little bummed who couldn't get the print piece sorted, but hey, there's 7,000 of you out there listening, so I think that's pretty good. And Lights knows what time it is with the PF tape recorder. So if you want to see Lights, actually, this is being recorded on Friday, March 16th, and you folks won't hear it probably until the 18th of March or beyond. So she's in Minneapolis, um, <clears throat> St. Patrick's Day night there, but taking 10 days off, and then the Canadian leg of the tour starts with Calgary, Edmonton, Saskatoon, Winnipeg, but then, uh, weirdly, dips down into Cleveland in June, and then back up to Montreal in August, so uh, that Cleveland one may involve a road trip. Obviously, a fangirl's up for that. All right, so uh, any other lights needs you have, it's music.iamlights.com, and that'll take care of everything you need. Also, look for her comic book, Skin and Earth. Uh, that is in comic book stores everywhere, although if you went to the comic book stores we've gone to, uh, they were sold out, and they're having a hard time getting it in because they can't keep up with demand. How about that? So good for her. All right, so... Um, that's about going to do it. We get to the song of the week here, which is going to be a song chosen by Lights. She said it's her favorite song from the album, and uh, it's called New Fears. Uh, I dig it. It's uh, very soulful. It's not like um, 
And it's not what you I would say like structured like the typical banger you get from lights like a Toes or a uh, Savior or something like that. Very soulful. You can kind of really get their imagery uh, in your head like she's talking about, uh, you know, related to the comic book and everything like that. So uh, we'll play the whole thing because uh, she doesn't mind. And uh, I'll talk over the beginning like this a little bit just so uh, you're not, you know, trying to snip it or anything like that. But uh, do get the album Skin and Earth. Siberia is great too. The listening is great. Get the whole catalog. Little machines, everything. Do it. And uh, we will see you folks next time on the podcast. So long and thanks for listening. I lift my body down on her knees over the bedside. Watching you breathe And I saw the fire I felt the flames I heard the banshees Calling your name Cause I have these new fears I carry with me So you can feel strong Just hold on tight, I'll be coming, I'm coming for you Just